You're listening to the Stain and Seal Experts Podcast, where you'll get educated, get more money, grow your business, and kick the nine to five. Here is your host, an entrepreneur and mastermind behind the Stain and Seal Experts brand, Caleb Roth. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We love sharing our information that we've learned over the years here at Stain and Seal Experts. Um, being a, a stain and seal contractor, we've got to have products we can count on, and that's why we only use expert professional wood care products. Uh, expert stain and seal and expert cleaners and brighteners really make our job easy. It's something we can depend on. Um, the number one reason for callbacks in wood fencing nowadays is because of warping, twisting, and cracking, and this oil-based formula stops that. And besides that, it's so easy to apply. Any of our guys can do it, and uh, it's just been really a great thing for our company. So check it out. You can get it at the Stain and Seal Experts store, stainandsealexperts.com, and there's tons of dealers all over the U.S. and Canada that carry it. Uh, maybe you should talk to your fence supply house, your paint supplier, or power wash store about expert stain and seal. Thanks, guys. Good morning, everybody. It's Caleb with Stain and Seal Experts. Welcome to the Stain and Seal Show. This is the third weekend in a row. We've done this on Saturday. We will see if anybody decides to come on down and join us. So, 4th of July, everybody's taking it easy. Everybody's... Uh, everybody's probably off work today some of you guys may be out there getting things done today i'm not sure if you are uh just now tuning in please let me know what your name is where you're from if you're on facebook make sure to include your name in the comments because facebook has privacy settings where we cannot see who you are um man i just had a wonderful morning we had a great party yesterday great uh, customer appreciation day had um, a bunch of barbecue we had so many people in here um, on the second story office, I was afraid, you know, the thought crossed my mind is the floor going to hold everybody. So it was a, it was a big, big, big day. We had uh, washers going on, which is a game where you throw washers into these things, kind of like cornhole. And then we had cornhole and uh, there was some pretty heated competition going on. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, of course the barbecue. So where are you from? I'm going to put it here in the comments. I've got some questions today too. I have got some great questions lined up for this for this show. I want to get everybody's opinion. So I noticed right now we got about uh, ten people on here. Say where you're from, man. Where are you from? What's your name? Where are you from? What's your company name? What do you do for a living? And uh, and we'll talk about it. So I'm going to pull up some questions. Uh, that we got from uh, posting this on a couple different uh, Facebook groups. We got some questions for um, for us to talk about today. And so first one is from Marcel Lacherite. And that's what I'm going to get started into. Uh, they had some great questions. So if I can find it here. But uh, where are we? Where are we? There we go. Got the questions pulled up. All right. There he is. And he's on here. He's on here. So I got I got your questions ready, my friend. So I'm going to say good morning to Bam Bam. Mr. Michael Taylor is here. He is the man behind your stain getting made and delivered to you. He is he um, he does that on a daily basis and he makes it look easy. We got Charlie from Auburn, Alabama joining us. Good morning, Charlie. Marcel LaCherite. Um Cape Fear Fence and Deck Stain over in the Carolinas. We appreciate you joining. 
Justin Menendez from Plattsmouth, Nebraska, the guy who does 14 decks a day with his bare hands. Ugly Roofs, Ohio, soft washing, pressure washing. Awesome. Good morning. That's a cool logo. Ugly Roofs, Ohio. That's cool. Hey, brother Sam here, just checking in on you. Sam who? What's the last name, Sam? What's the last name? There's a couple Sams I know. We'll see who Sam is. But I just wanted to, uh, we'll do some more introductions in a few minutes. But good morning. Independence Day, July 4th. Um, July 4th. Remember, uh, hey, Sam Nutello. I'll, I'll interrupt that. Sam Nutello, great web guy. Appreciate you being here, Sam. Hope your knee's doing well. Sam's this little bitty guy down in Florida. I think he deadlifts like 900 pounds. Um, big, big, big guy. Paul Anthony out of Katy, Texas. Owner, operator of Divine Operate Restorations. Awesome. Is that a new name or have you always had that name? That's a cool name. And Justin, how are you doing after that bang? Yeah, I drunk one of your bangs. I'm doing great. I didn't go to sleep last night, but I'm good. Um, <clears throat> Independence Day, July 4th. I saw something the other day at the bank and it said we're celebrating a national Independence Day, but it was not Independence Day. And that confused me. So I just wanted to remind everybody that July 4th is our nation's Independence Day. Um, and we got there by, uh, you know, um, not putting up with uh, a bunch of redcoats. So happy 4th of July. Happy day um, to be an American. So appreciate you guys doing that. I'm sure everybody's going to have big parties this weekend. Spend time with your family. Spend time with your kids. Do fun things. So that's great. Let's get started into some of our questions. So this is the Stain and Seal show. So we'll talk about some Stain and Seal stuff. Um, let's see. So Marcel sent me a long list of questions. I'm going to try to break them up and, uh, I'm going to ask for help. So Justin, Paul, all of you guys, Marcel, bam, bam, help me out here with these questions. So, and also if you're watching on Facebook, hit the thumbs up button and hold down on it. And then when the heart and the smiley face and all those things come on there, highlight one of the other faces because I get, I get, um, Facebook now no longer recognizes thumbs up. You gotta, you gotta do the smiley face or the love or something like that. So give me some, show me some love. If you don't mind, I would appreciate it. So Marcel says whether to clean or not clean a newly installed fencer deck, whatever you want to do, I think is the answer to that question. Um, pros and cons pros would be, how new is the fence? If it's a brand new fence, if it's three days old, I'm, I don't see any need to clean it unless it's rained on it and splashed dirt up everywhere. Maybe you might want to clean that fence. If it is um, if it is three months old and you're calling that new, it could already be gray, turning gray if it was cedar particularly and turning some colors. California redwood changes colors. Um, I don't have any samples of it. Yeah, I do actually. California redwood will change colors. In about 10 minutes in the sun, California redwood changes colors. And so here's a great example. This is a piece of California redwood, the white. This is the sap board, very white. We stained it. Here you go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that right? That is not right. Okay, gotcha. We stained this California redwood clean. This is before it was exposed to the sun. And it turned out like this pecan right there okay so you can see took the stain very well very nice and um, that's what it looks like 
this same exact board right here, same, this is really actually cut from the same board, um, was exposed to the sun for about 30 minutes. And you can see how yellow this board turned in the sun just, just after a few minutes. Red wood turns incredibly fast, faster than any lumber I've ever seen. I mean, literally, you can lay your hand on it, put it out in the sun, and then there'll be a handprint. It's crazy. So, so the stained board, let's see, the dark board, what did it look like? No, I told you guys wrong. So, okay, so here we go. In sun, out of sun, and is that right? We got them backwards. Let's flip them over. In sun and out of sun. You can see there's, there's one that's lighter, one that's darker. They're very similar though, right? So just goes to show you could clean this with a wood brightener and you could, you could definitely change the shade of the wood because just like when they're dry, uh, pre-stained, they're going to be a little different. Let's move on. I've got some more to show you here. So here is another board of redwood, two-toned, and that's what it looks like stained, right? Here is a real piece of heartwood. This is heart redwood heartwood and uh you see what it looks like stained so cleaning a fence the reason i show you all these random boards is because all four of these are stained the exact same color all four look different same same tree same stain they all look different so you could certainly clean a new fence that was just a few months old, a few weeks old, a few days old, and you could have some pretty good results uh, with that. And um, or you could use a wood brightener. We've been doing a lot of wood brightener on new treated pine, and we get really good results out of using a wood brightener. So oxalic acid works great. It will really brighten up the wood. Um, if it's so new that there's no organic growth on it, um, then you really, and, and maybe there's no mud, you really don't have to clean it. So oxalic acid or wood brightener would be a good choice. And then also you have your customer's perception. So a lot of times your customers may want it washed and they may feel like if you're not going to wash the fence, you're maybe not a good contractor. Maybe they have some kind of preconceived notion. Maybe they saw a YouTube video of somebody on the internet that said, you've got to wash wood before you stain it. You never know. So I would keep an open mind and um, I would, you know, if the customer wants it washed, give them a quote to wash it. You can say, well, it's not quite necessary because there's no dirt, bird poop. There's no stuff all over the fence. There's no organic growth um, and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, we, we got to remember that when we stain wood, we're highlighting what's there. So if the fence is old and dirty or gray or just dull looking we're, and we stain it, we're going to highlight that. Um, if the fence is brand new and beautiful and the wood grain pops, we're going to highlight that. So I'm always going to lean towards staining a new fence as quickly as possible. Um, we don't have any issues with staining new fence. Is it going to last longer than, uh, is it going to last? No, last is not the, 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 the thing. It's not how long will it last? Is it, will it absorb more stain? If it's a year old versus when it's brand new, yes, a year old fence will absorb more stain than brand new. But then you're staining a year old fence and the wood grain is no longer popping. And so it's just uh, what's the look that you're going for. And Zach from Indiana is here. 
Um, Bam Bam says dirt poop and bird or dirt and bird poop after a few weeks, definitely mowing the grass, you know, that could do that mill glaze. Um, so if we're talking about smooth wood for decking, mill glaze can definitely be a concern. Mill glaze comes from when you run a board through somebody's highlighting that one. What's going on? Okay. So we're, our, our, our program's acting up a little bit, but mill glaze comes from when you run a board through a planer to smooth it, it, there's these teeth that are, that are spinning and they're taking the top layer off. And what happens is those things get hot and it produces a lot of heat when you're grinding that wood down to a smooth finish. And you can almost see just like there's sawmill marks in this board from the sawmill, mill glaze is pretty much the same thing. You've got all this wood grain. If we look at this at the microscopic level, that's sticking up. And when we run that planer across this thing, it's the action that what is happening is it's laying all this wood grain down flat. And so we end up with a smooth surface and all the wood grain is laid down flat. And this flat wood grain is mashed um, flat. And also the heat produced can activate and loosen up some of the um, some of the sap in the wood. And then what is sap? It's very sticky. And so we can end up with a situation, some cases better, some cases worse. But we can end up with a situation where we have wood grain that is laid down. And in between all the wood grain is hot sap. And then when that hot sap melts or melted sap, when that melted hot sap dries, you have the perfect storm for mill glaze, which basically is a sealed surface. And um, you can do a water penetration test and check for that. So you can put water on the surface and you can see what does it look like and does water beat up or does water soak right in? If it's beating up, you could have mill glaze. You could have a lot of different things going on. Um, if it just soaks right in, usually it's ready for stain. Some people say that a good cleaning with something like sodium metasilicate um, will help with mill glaze. Um, some people say that a brightener will help with mill glaze. I don't know that a brightener has anything that will kill the wood grain, the, um, the, the melted sap. So if you got melted sap in there that's causing mill glaze, I'm probably going to go ahead and go all out and put a um, and put a um, cleaner on there just in case. So if I'm worried about mill glaze, I'm going to use sodium metasilicate or wood cleaner, aka wood cleaner, and then I'm going to brighten it. So even if it was new wood, maybe not go with a super strong uh, mix, but definitely would consider cleaning it like that. So. I don't know what you guys would do. Justin says, if it's a, if it's new, I light wash it. If over two weeks old, otherwise I stain it. Yep. So, uh, I agree. I agree. And the ugly Ruth of Ohio says, what are you looking for for moisture uh, wise on a meter? Well, that's sort of a loaded question. Um, a lot of stain companies will tell you a lot of manufacturers will say 13% or less. Um, for the oil-based products, a lot of, um, you know, Everett Abrams product, uh, he claims that you can put it on wet wood. And um, I think I think the, the real true answer is somewhere in between. Um, because as a contractor, we all know it's really hard to get super dry wood. But also as a contractor, we know that it is, it is um, maybe not as is wise to put it on really, really wet wood. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And so the way um, the way somebody from the U.S. Forest Products Lab explained it to me was, think of a bowl of cereal. 
everything's backwards on the computer screen. Think of a bowl of cereal and you're looking down into this bowl of cereal and we have Cheerios and all the little Cheerios are sitting in the bowl of milk. When you first put the Cheerios in there, when the Cheerios are dry, the hole in the middle of them is a really big hole and you can see all the way through it. But if you let that bowl of cereal sit overnight or for 20 or 30 minutes, however long, what happens to the Cheerios? The Cheerios swell up and they turn into little donuts and the hole gets itty bitty tiny hole in the middle. Think of the cellular structure of wood the same way that you would think of those Cheerios. When it is dry, the cellular structure is big, the holes are open and they can accept lots of stain. It can accept lots of water, whatever you put in there. But once those cells become saturated, either with stain or water, they swell up. And how, so if it is a wet surface, like a wet deck, how could we apply a stain and get full penetration into an already wet surface? How could we do that? It, it would not work. And so that's why a lot of times people will push the limits on these things like water-based stains on wet wood. They'll push the limit and they'll have a failure and then they'll blame it on the stain. It's not the stain's fault. It's application error. So I would be, I would be very careful to uh, stain wet wood, even with water-based product. But, but also this same idea is why we pre-wet wood when we're trying to, uh, apply chemicals. So we don't want our chemical to go all the way into the wood when we're trying to clean it. We want it to clean the surface. Because if, you know, I, I think the uh, the lifetime sealing guys talk about how their cleaning products clean the wood all the way through and they show that the board's dirty all the way through and the cleaners clean it. Well, if you cut a brand new board open, um, for instance, here's an old dirty board. You cut it open, it's clean inside. We don't need to clean all the way down. We just need to clean the surface, you know, inside of the wood looks like this. So if we pre-wet our wood, um, the wood grain itself, that cellular structure can fill up with water. And then when we throw chemical on it, bam, bam, will be the first to tell you, you'll lose, you'll use less chemical, but also it's going to keep the cleaner products on the surface where they belong. So you can do the job and you'll have less fuzzing, less furring and things like that. But let's go back to uh, moisture content. So water-based products, some, some folks say you can use them as high as 30%. I think in my opinion, you're just not going to get the penetration and the longevity that you want. So I'm going to say anything up to 20% is probably rock solid for water-based. Um, 25% moisture content would be pushing it in my opinion. And I don't do a lot of water-based stuff. This is just an opinion of mine with oil-based um, so some stain brands such as, um, you know, your high solvent stains like Ready Seal, Wood Defender, things like that, they're going to tell you 12.9 to 13% moisture or less. Um, some of your high oil content stains like Expert Stain and Seal, um, uh, Armstrong Clark, those brands are going to tell you TWP 200 series. Those brands, some of them are going to say they're going to stick with the, uh, the high moisture content or the low moisture content, but some of them like Armstrong Clark will tell you 20% or less. So the advantage of using a stain that is high in oil versus high in solvent is simple. Uh, there's two, there's two main, main thing. Well, there's three, one we get, if we use a, a stain that's high in oil content, that's not my middle finger. That's a ring finger, by the way. Number one is 
you first of all you just don't have the toxicity issues we don't have to worry about the smell we don't have to worry about it um all of it burning our eyes we don't have to worry about it burning our skin we don't have to worry about it melting our gloves off we don't have to worry about it melting our shoes so you guys who are using high solid stains go through shoes a lot um you don't have to worry about those issues you don't have to worry about breathing it and the neighbors smelling it which is a problem you know so to have that to, to have that taken away is really nice when you don't have to worry about those issues number two advantage of using high oil content stain is stains um, with high oil content will condition the wood probably 100 times better than a high solvent stain and i will show you a demonstration there on the screen there we put stain on the top of a board a very small amount did not stain the sides as you can see and we let it sit and then after seven days we clipped it in half on cut a cross section on it on a bandsaw and there is the board the penetration all the way through half well that's probably uh, maybe five eighths of the way through um, the problem with these little samples is that they are great for the first seven to ten days but after that the stain goes all the way through to the bottom of the board and it's just not near as impressive to show your customer because the whole board's saturated in oil so these oil-based stains the heavy oils really do go in and condition the wood and stop warp cracking and twisting so that's number two number three is a solvent based stain the solvent is what is carrying all of your color all your sealing properties your stain formula is being carried into the wood with a solvent solvents evaporate so if you put a solvent-based type stain on wood that is too wet, what can happen is before the solvent can penetrate into the wood, because it is wet, water and oil do not mix, and solvents are oil um, derivatives of oil products. They're, I think, petroleum distillates is what they're called. Solvents will not go into the wood because the wood is wet. And unfortunately, the solvent can evaporate and go up into the sky, into the atmosphere, before it's penetrated. So what ends up happening is you you end up, and, and I know some guys watching this have uh, experienced this and didn't know what it was. If it evaporates before it uh, is able to penetrate, then you've got a stain that's sitting right on the surface with no way to get into the wood. And so you see in our Facebook group, sometimes guys talking about, you know, here's a stain um, that's five years old and it's all on the surface and you can just wipe it off or it just fails six months it looks terrible it doesn't look good because that's you know and you can't figure out why it's not necessarily that the stain failed it's that you could have put it on wood that was too wet to accept it and this the solvent or the carrier uh evaporated before it could go into the wood if you use so advantage number three of a heavy heavily oil type stain is they don't evaporate so when we put when we put five gallons of stain on a fence, it stays on a fence. It does not evaporate. So if you put an oil stain on a fence that's a little bit too wet, it's okay. I, I don't recommend it, but it's more forgiving because you have more time for that. That oil can sit there for two weeks if it has to. And then when two weeks pass by and the, the fence dries up, now the oil will go into the wood and it'll carry everything in there with it. Um, it's not ideal to spray oil-based stain on super wet wood, but with a lack of solvents, you do um, have an advantage with the heavy oils over some of the solvent-based products. 
So Justin Minutes says, if I, he already told me that, he says spot on. I think we were talking about the Cheerios, and uh, and that's what he said, spot on. Another comment about that from Justin is, making all things new moisture meter is, is it dry enough to provide quality service and have best results without having to come back due to high moisture or coating, not effectively cure and seal? That's true, but I'm going to talk about the actual, what does the meter say? So I recommend you check a fence or a deck in multiple places. If I recommend you check a fence on the pickets, the rails or runners and the post, whatever you call them. And um, because sometimes your pickets will be very dry and the post will be wet. Sometimes, uh, you know, there's a corner that's wet and the rest of the fence is dry. Um, and then decking, same thing with the flats. You know, the vertical spindles might be dry. The flats might be wet. So you need to check in multiple places. But a good rule of thumb is always 13% or less moisture content. You know you are safe. And really, I, I would back it down to 12.9. If you can get 12.9, you are rock solid. The last two weeks of work orders that, that I've done P&Ls on, our guys check the moisture content and they report it on their paperwork. It's been 10s and 11s, some low 12s, 10s, 11s, and low 12s here in Middle Tennessee. So you can get low moisture content. And it's humid here. It's 100% humidity or 90%. So you can get that. But really, 13% or less is ideal. If you're in an area where it's down deep south, you're in the swampy areas, you're in areas that are really wet and coastal areas, maybe 15% is all you can get. Uh, maybe you're in a place where 18% is as low as it goes. Maybe you're up um, in the mountains and it's, uh, you know, cloud cover all the time. It's fog and you just can't get moisture low. Maybe you're, um, in Jacksonville, Florida, and it rains three times a day, every day. And, and it's fog until, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and you just can't get it below 18. Know what the, know what your limits are in your area. And if it's never going to go below 18, there's no sense in waiting on 13 because it's not coming. So I would just do a little study, do a little research and start poking wood with your moisture meter and find out where it sits on a daily basis. You know when it's not rained in two weeks and you stick a fence, it should be pretty dry. Um, and if it's if it's 10%, well, you know it's dry. If it's not rained in two weeks in your area, but the wood's still 16%, that may be as low as it goes in your area. So just know your geography, know where you're at and and go go with it. Uh, go with it. That's, that's the best recommendation I can make. I think I would never, ever, ever go over 20% with an oil. And I, on, on vertical stuff, like on a, on a privacy fence, I've heard of guys doing that. And I would never, ever, ever go over 15% on a flat surface, like a deck, um, if you can help it. Um, just because, you know, you got to go back and fix it. You got to do what's right and you got to go back and fix it if that happens. So um, moisture meters are good, but you got to use, you got to use your common sense based on your knowledge of your market. All right. Wow. That was like one question and I've got 10 more to go. All right, Marcel, I'm going to get to all of them. Chemicals to use bleach versus metasilicate versus percarbonate. Um, you know, this is, this is the, the, um, the question that gets everybody is what to use. We prefer, uh, using wood cleaner for just about everything. I don't like doing strip jobs. So stripper is not something that we try to use on a regular basis. Um, and sodium percarbonate is great. We love it. Eco cleaner. Um, you know, here you go. Got some sitting right here on my desk with pencils in it. 
eco cleaner is great. It's great for, you know, delicate areas, but wood cleaner, sodium metal silicate is in my opinion, the best all around. It lifts stains. It'll remove lumber stamps. It can remove some old coatings. It is a really great restoration chemical and you can mix it weak. You can mix it super strong. You can boost it with bleach. If you had like some crazy green stains or something that wouldn't remove and you just wanted to bleach them, you could boost it with, um, sodium hydroxide or a wood stripper if you needed something if you had really bad organic growth and you were trying to get it off like a like a fence that's got an inch of lichen growing on it or, or a moss and um you know you can you can even boost it with butyl booster so wood cleaner is kind of like the the one size fits all if i if you had to drop me off in a combat zone with only one tool for cleaning decks or fences it would be uh, our wood cleaner which is sodium metasilicate and bleach is cool, but I just don't like bleach. I just don't like it for various reasons because um, there's better tools out there, you know. So pressure on fences versus decks. Here's, you know, my wood restoration, and, and I'm not in the field every day. So I get to observe and then I get to go do and then I get to observe and then I get to go do and I get to see what a lot of different people in the industry are doing. So I guess I would say that I have some advantage um, because I'm not in the field all the time. Um, so I get to think about it and what I've realized over the last probably one to two years is how to simplify your power wash rig, how to simplify all the wood cleaning tools when used to, I've got a trailer sitting out back right now that has a roof pump in it. It has three hose reels that are all electric. It's got a cart that's got two tanks on it with a 12 volt. There's, there's power wash tanks in there. And we don't use it anymore. And I'm thinking that now um, all that we need, literally all that we need is a J-Rod that has a soap, a rinse tip and a 40 degree tip, two tips. I think I can do all of our wood restoration with two tips. And let me explain. And I also need a ball valve. So one, I need a soap tip because I think what we're going to do, we're going to try this. We're going to experiment with it. We're going to start building trucks that have one power washer, a small buffer tank, two small chemical tanks, one for a cleaner and one for a brightener and downstream everything. Downstreaming is kind of controversial and people say it uses a lot more chemical, but the thing is, is downstream injectors are durable. If you take care of them, they're durable and they're cheap. 12 volt systems require a second hose. They require a second pump on your truck because they tend to break down. There's a lot of problems um, and there's a lot of moving parts. If you've got air pumps, there's a lot of problems and a lot of moving parts. And the more time I spend with power wash guys, the really professional guys. And what I mean by the really professional ones is the guys who have 15 trucks, the guys who are that you've never heard of who are doing a couple million dollars a year in power washing. These guys tend to have very, very, very basic equipment. Um, basic things don't break. It's kind of like the military has basic things. Um, they don't have, you know, military grade does not always mean the most, uh, the fanciest. Some, it usually means the toughest. Um, it's built to last. And so I'm thinking with a ball valve, I can put a white tip on or a 40 degree tip 
and I can have all the pressure I need to clean concrete if I need to clean concrete for whatever reason. But I can also take the ball valve. I can turn it and I can cut my pressure way down on my machine and I can be running 600 PSI or 800 PSI to clean wood with with a, with a white tip or also known as a 40 degree tip. And I can clean wood with that and I can get a fantastic uh, finished product and I can put the soap tip on um, or the rinse tip, whatever you want to call it. And I can pull chemical because I can all I got to do is swap tips. Now I can pull chemical uh, from my tank and I can also rinse with that tip. If I just need volume of water, I can rinse with a lot of volume of water. And I think that is the next truck that we set up will be that way. And uh, I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. And then also nowadays they've got the remote control button where you can turn your soap on and turn it off. So we could have two tanks, one with wood cleaner, one with wood brightener. Uh, I've got my ball valve, I've got the soap tip and I've got the pressure tip, put on my soap tip, wet everything down, pre-wet my wood. I can push the button. Now I've got my wood cleaner being injected. I can spray my wood cleaner on. And when you're downstreaming, the volume is really fast. So I can get a lot of chemical on my fence very quickly or on my deck. Then I can push the button again. And um, now it's off. Let my uh, wood cleaner dwell for however long. I can swap over to my pressure tip. I can take my ball valve and cut my pressure way down. Now I can start restoring the wood. I can remove whatever needs removing. Um, then that's then we're good to go. My line is clear. There's no more wood cleaner in my line because I've just rinsed the fence. Now I can put uh, my soap tip back on, push the other button. Now I have wood brightener coming right through my machine. I can downstream the wood brightener and then rinse and be on my way and never go back to the truck, never change, uh, never have to mess with the tank, never do any of those things. So I think that's what we're going to start doing. Um, and I only have to have one machine to do that with, and that's a regular power washer. So that's, that's where my brain's at. That's what I think we're going to do because I want things that don't break and I want things that last forever. And so if we can build a system like that, I think we can do very well. Um, so that's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm thinking about. So, and a word on tips, I have found that you can take a $200 pressure washer and a $50 tip or however much what somebody tell me what a good tip costs. Cause I don't even know what these things cost probably 20 bucks, but you can take a $200 pressure washer with a really good tip and you can get a really good result cleaning a fence. You can take a $20,000 pressure washer and put a $2 tip on it, a really bad tip and you can get terrible results the tips really do make a difference. If you're using the tips from Home Depot, they're going to leave gouge marks on the edge uh, of your fan pattern. They're going to leave a lot of problems. And um, if you get a really good tip, um, you're not going to have those problems. It makes all the difference in the world. And I did not realize that until I used both side by side. So James is saying a J-Rod 70 bucks. Um, I think the tips, I think you can build these things. If you wanted to do two tips, I think tips probably 10 bucks a piece. And then the, the fittings, probably $5 a piece. And then the tape. So 20 bucks, you could probably build your own small J-Rod. Um, if you get a big J-Rod, probably 45 to 75 bucks for one of the big ones. So um, things are changing in the wood industry. Things are changing in the power wash industry. So you never know. I think people are going to simplify. You know, we've bought a couple of these power, like these, uh, these, uh, I'm not going to mention the names, but some of these um, roof wash 
soft wash systems and stuff that everybody advertises and they didn't even work out of the box you know you buy them you spend a couple thousand bucks shows up and it doesn't work so i'm i'm done with that and i'm going to uh i'm going to start doing things that are tried and true and downstreaming is tried and true expert professional wood care makes high quality stains and sealers and eco-friendly wood cleaning products Expert stain and sealers can be used in any sprayer system, require no back brushing, and do not stink like other brands. Expert stain and seal is a true oil-based formula, perfect for fences, decks, patio covers, and pre-staining applications. Less warping and twisting, longer-lasting finish, and easy application are just a few of the benefits of Expert stain and seal. Join our online community of thousands of fence staining contractors at staininguniversity.com and be sure to download the Stain and Seal Experts app, a free stain calculator and estimator tool available now in the Apple App Store. For more info, visit realgoodstain.com. That's realgoodstain.com. All right, next question was um, airless sprayers, commercial grade versus regular consumer grade. I, th I think this, this subject gets beat to death, but I really don't think that it matters. I think any, any airless sprayer you get, will it'll run a small tip, it'll run a big tip. If you go to the paint store and say, I want to get... And the smallest um, machine that you've got, uh, and I want to run the biggest tip that you can get, they're going to tell you it's not going to work. But that's not true. It may not work as efficiently as a big machine, but it will work. We have ran an X5 that we bought from a pawn shop for 100 bucks a couple of years ago um, just because one of our machines went down. And I said, well, shoot, I'll just go to a pawn shop for a hundred bucks. It was closer than Home Depot, went to a pawn shop, grabbed a hundred dollar X5 sprayer. It looked like it had been drugged behind a truck. We threw a 521 tip on it and we sprayed flood coated oil based stain. No problem. So um, I don't think it really matters. However, after using one of the new 395 Graco's the other day, not the 390, we run 390s and I think they'll do the same thing, but I'm not certain. But I know the 395 has more of a digital, which I am anti-digital. I like everything analog, but it's got the digital uh, control on the side. And we were able to stain with the, the new blue Rack X tips right next to a new camper, a new metal building. And we had zero overspray issues. It was really quite impressive. So um, I think that... Um, I really do think that the newer machines that cost more money are definitely worth the more money. Um, you're not going to be able to get the fine, fine, fine finish um, and low, low, low overspray with the, with the cheaper Home Depot machines um, that you can with the ones that are just a step up. So the $800 to $1,200 range is where you step into that commercial grade machine. And I think it's worth it. Um, I think if, 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 if someone was trying to get into the staining industry and um, they bought a machine and they couldn't afford a big one, I would say get the cheapest one you can get. Go get the X5, hate it, use it, call it slow, whatever you want, but go get the cheapest one you can get, run it, go to Harbor Freight and get one, run it. After one, two, maybe three jobs with that machine, you will know its limitations. You will have it. And then take the money that you've saved 
and go buy a 395 or a 495 or whatever, get you a commercial grade machine. Now you have two machines because two machines is one, one machine is none. So now you have a backup machine and you have um, a really good commercial grade machine that's fully rebuildable, fully warrantied and has uh, rep support and will run the really fine finished tips. So there's a, uh, there's a good plan for you guys. If you can't afford a big one, save up, get the little one, make it work and uh, do it the American way, which is uh, one piece at a time until you can afford it. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, uh, but once you do get the bigger machine, um, I think you'll be happy that you did. Um, also, Marcel says, let's talk about a 12 volt system. So I think 12 volt systems are great. I think uh, they have a purpose and a place and, and a need. Um, I'm not going to say that they're cheaper to build than they are to buy a cheap airless because I don't think that's true. I think you can buy a cheap airless for the same price or maybe less than you can spend to buy a um, 12 volt system and a 12 volt system. You've definitely got to have replacement parts sitting there because they do tend to the pumps and things tend to go out fairly quickly. But um yeah, 12 volts, great, but I'll be honest, 12 volts make a lot of overspray. High volume, low pressure makes a lot of overspray. Um, the difference is, it's strange though, because you don't expect it. When you see someone using an airless sprayer with low pressure tips, you'll see a fog in the air around them and, and it will concern you because you'll go, oh, wow, there's overspray. I can see it. But once that overspray goes in the air, it just, it's like it dissipates. And if you go look to a building that's literally right over here beside the fence I'm spraying five feet away, there's no overspray on it. If you go look at the downspouts, everybody knows between houses, downspouts will catch overspray uh, just like a glue, uh, you know, like glue. Those won't, there'll be no overspray on it. But the white Lexus in the driveway has no overspray on it. Um, if you use a 12 volt system, it will put out a ton of stain. It will stain very quickly and you will see almost no overspray in the air. And you'll go, oh, wow, this one's not making any overspray. This is great. Homeowners don't see any overspray. But when you go look at the side of the house, the downspouts, the windows, the car, the neighbor's car, the, the neighbor's car, three houses down, the neighbor's car on the other side of the block, there's overspray on everything. For whatever reason, the big droplet size that 12 volt systems make tend to carry further in my experience. And so we don't use them anymore. I used to use them exclusively, um, but I do not anymore, mainly for the reliability issues. But the second reason is for the overspray. Airless machines tend to make much less visible overspray on surrounding things. So I will take a fog in the air, but no cleanup over no fog in the air and lots of cleanup. So, but if you're out there doing farm fences, if you're doing HOA fences, if you're doing fences away from things where you don't have a concern with overspray, low pressure, it's a hot rod. It will stain quickly. So it's got its place. Um, you asked about downstreaming chemicals versus pump sprayers. Pump sprayers are great for one-time use. Um, but they're pump sprayers. It just comes down to time. How much time do you want to spend on a job versus 
Um, how much money do you want to spend? I will spend money as it comes in. I will invest back into my business to save time later on um, because efficiency is great. You know, it's great to do a house wash. Let's say you do a house wash on a million dollar home for $1,500 and it takes you all day to do it. And you have, um, and then you have uh, $50 worth of chemical that you used and $300 worth of labor. You still did okay. But if you could come in there and do um, with speed and quickly more efficient equipment, and you could do two $800 house washes in a, in a, in a half a day, and then take the afternoon off because you have efficient equipment. I would rather do that. So um, he says a crash course about fences, how to price fences index. I would um, I would check out our YouTube video um, on bidding fences index. We've got a great one on that. And um, because that is a long topic, but the only thing I'll say about bidding fences index is you've got a couple things that matter. And one is the cost of material. Um, material includes stain, masking paper, tape, anything you're going to use and consume on the job site. Uh, it also includes labor. It also includes your fuel. In my opinion, fuel. I like to include fuel. So my cost of goods sold is all the materials, all the labor, and all the fuel because I had to get to the job site. That is my cost of goods sold. I recommend, uh, Tom Reber recommends, from the contractor fight, Tom Reber recommends a 50% profit margin or more. A minimum of a 50% gross profit margin is his target that he tells all contractors to go for. And I'm going to tell you that I see guys ranging anywhere from 42% gross profit uh, to 75% gross profit. Um, the big, 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 big companies that we all have in all of our towns, the, you know, the hundred million dollar HVAC companies, the $500 million electrical plumbing and HVAC companies, these guys are charging an 80 to their range is way on the other end. They're charging an 80 to 99% gross profit margin. Um, and that gross covers overhead and hopefully when it's all done there's a profit so figure your cost of goods sold and then add a percentage to it and so um a, the 50 percent margin is so easy for people because if it's going to cost me 500 dollars of fuel material and labor to do this job if you double 500 that is a 50 percent profit margin so 500 dollars in cost and then another 500 dollars to cover overhead which is taxes insurance rent uh, benefits, um, all of those things. And then hopefully you're left with a net profit, which is usually 10 to 20%. Um, most companies run closer to 10% than they do 20. Um, if you are below um, 10%, um, it is a problem because there is a great book that I will grab. The first one is a Bible uh, that I like to read. But the second one is Simple Numbers, Straight Talk, and Big Profits by Greg Crabtree. He says in this book that, and I'm going to find it, he says that uh, 10% is the new break-even. And I'm going to find it and show it to you because most companies are, are going for 10%. They're going, yeah, yeah. Chapter 2, where is it? Why profit? Why 10% is the new break even? So that's why we're 
we're talking about figuring our actual cost and then putting a margin on it. So uh, these things are good to do. And that's a great book to read if you want to learn more about numbers in your business. Overspray issues. Um, okay, yeah, let's talk about overspray issues because we talked about sprayers there for a little bit. I recommend the older I get used to when it was just me and I was running and gunning, um, you will see videos of me on YouTube wetting everything down with water, um, doing all these fancy tricks to try and save time um, because I was taught to do that. I was I was taught to do that. Um, a lot of you guys know um, I used to stain with wood defender stains and I learned to stain in Texas. Um, I went to their class down there and they kind of gave me an intro to staining and I didn't actually learn how to stain until I came home and started staining. And that's when all the education began. But they taught you had to wet everything down um, and then just spray it. The problem with that method is that one, it gives you a false sense of security because even if you wet things down, stain's still going to get on it and you're still got to deal with it. Two, when your homeowner looks out the window and there's a guy spraying stain all over the house, all over everything. And now he's frantically with a pump up sprayer with some chemical in it and a brush washing my windows, washing my downspouts, washing my air conditioner, washing the side of my neighbor's house, washing the car. Why is this dude washing my car? Did he get stain on everything? You have a customer experience problem. Um, you're trying to save time and be lazy by not masking. And as a result, you get a lot of stress, which I think leads to burnout on stain jobs. You get a lot of stress because you're panicking because there's stain on everything. Now you've got to rinse it off, clean it off, wash it off. And you're not given a great customer experience. The older I get, the more I realize that the things that I used to do to speed that I thought sped me up are actually the things that slow me down as I grow my business. And so I recommend now that you just mask it. They make car covers that are plastic. You can put them on a car in two, a minute or less. You can mask a swimming pool in five to 15 minutes with plastic. You can pull masking plastic up on a house and you can put it up there with uh, blue masking tape. I mean, painters have been doing it for years. They've got all the tools. You can go to the store and you can get this stuff. They sell it every day and you can get plastic. You can mask. You can mask the neighbor's house. You can mask the house you're working on. You can mask all kinds of things and they make drop cloths. Some of you might have saw the video I did yesterday showing drop cloths. We got a new shipment of drops in. And you can take drop cloths and throw them over top of things quickly. Um, and you can fold them up, put them back on the truck when you're done. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, my grandma used to say. And she was right. And so now I recommend let's just mask it. Take a few minutes, mask it, and then you no longer have to pray and spray now or spray and pray. Now you just spray and you just be thankful that I don't have to clean anything. When I'm done, I'll just pull this plastic down, throw it in the trash bag, and I'll be on my way. So um, I, I just recommend, I just recommend just like this person says, uh, there are companies that mask for you, include it in your pricing. You don't have to pay a company to mask. You could, but you certainly don't. You can definitely mask. It is very easy to do. It's almost the easiest thing to do. So um, look into masking if you're new to the stain company. And I think the problem is a lot of the guys that try to teach staining, they're teaching it to fence builders. 
They're afraid that fence builders are going to think masking is hard. Do I have any fence builders here? If you've ever built a fence, you know that fencing is hard. And when you take a fence guy who's broke rock out of a hole with a rock bar, who's carried 80 pounds of concrete on each shoulder, who's carried pickets up over his head from here all the way a thousand foot that way, who works where there is no shade all day long and does it every day, who carries a 90 pound jackhammer, who does all of these things. Masking is not hard. They will mask. In fact, I feel like it's almost an insult to, to, to a fencer to insinuate that masking would be hard for him. So um, fence builders, forget about wetting and spraying and praying. Let's just mask things and do it right. And then, then one, your boss, if you're trying to, or you're, let's just say you're a family fence company and you're the son who's trying to add staining into the business and maybe dad's concerned about the liability. If you show pop that you're going to mask everything, just like a professional painting company would, um, that you're going to do it right. He's going to let you pull the trigger a lot faster than if he sees you out there spraying the house down with water and Dawn dish soap, spraying it, spraying the stain and then rinsing. Um, those things work, but man, they are stressful. And I don't know about you, but I don't like stress in my life. So you will notice stain and seal experts will be doing much, much, much more masking in the future. And we will uh, continue to dominate um, in our market. And, and I don't say that to be disrespectful, but I mean, um, what I mean when I say dominate is we will be a company who charges a premium price um, for a premium product, which will be high levels of masking, high levels of customer experience. So I recommend you do the same thing and dominate your market as well. Let's see what else. Reading from a phone. When is it too windy to spray a fence? You know, I think, um, I think, uh, there's a, there's a, there's an EPA wind rule. Kenny Dugan, I know if you're here, Mr. Stainman, he knows, but I believe it's 10 miles an hour that, um, the EPA says do not spray, uh, chemicals over 10 miles an hour for, for agricultural use for, uh, for spraying things like pesticides and herbicides. And that's probably a good rule of thumb to go by. I know there are guys out there who are spraying in 30 mile an hour winds. Um, and if it's too windy, uh, you can either go fishing or you can get a paintbrush out or a power roller or a power 12 volt uh, stain fed brush on a pole. There's options. Uh, I know the dipless brush is out there. We used one and unfortunately it does not work for oil based stains because it has a synthetic bristle brush. Um, so if you're listening, Mr. Dipless Brush, Lawrence, get us an oil-based brush, brother, and we will use the thing. But right now it will not, uh, it will not hold oil-based stain. Let's see, any more questions here? I'm going to go through the comments now um, because there was some interesting stuff on here. Justin Menenza says, wood cleaner in a bang if I'm dropped off in that combat zone. Oh, and Brightner. Yep, I agree. I would, and I would go with Justin. He's, uh. He's uh, like six foot 14 and uh, 680 pounds of pure muscle. So uh, if, if you guys have never seen Justin, I've actually got a photo of Justin right here. He is uh, from Nebraska. Let's see. There is Justin right there. Um, if you've never seen him before, and that's an actual photo um, 
that's an actual photo of Justin there. So hope you enjoyed that. Let's see. James, Graco 390 or 490, great machines. Justin says, have you tried an X-Jet with an M5? Yes, I have tried the X-Jet. I bought an X-Jet many years ago, and it was awful. It made the biggest mess ever. But I recently helped on a big home with pergolas, fences, I think 800 feet of fence, pergola, two pergolas, and a bunch of cedar shakes. And um, we cleaned it with an X-Jet, and it worked phenomenally well. We were able to throw a ton of chemical up very quickly. Um, and then we rinsed, rinsed, rinsed. And actually, the, the X-Jet tip without chemical is a very good cleaning tip. It does a great job. And there was no killing of grass or uh, foliage or anything. So it worked well. The only problem with the X-Jet is you got to carry a bucket around with you. And I don't like that. I want to keep it all contained in the truck if possible. So I'm hoping we can get X-Jet or near X-Jet performance uh, with, with, uh, with some type of a downstream injector, which I'm sure... They have those now here from a Facebook user. I'm not sure, sure who contributed this, but it says you can also buy a returned pro sprayer from Sherwin Williams commercial shops for less than half price of new. I bought a Titan for $550 that had barely been used. That's awesome. That's great advice. Nashville has the commercial Sherwin Williams shop. Um, and I think every major city does, but if you can buy a Titan for 550 bucks, which Many don't know the Sherwin-Williams commercial shops, their job is to rebuild sprayers. That is what they do. And so if you bought it, I'm sure they went through it and checked it all out and updated it if it needed it. And so to buy a machine that has very low hours on it for 550 bucks, uh, it probably come with a warranty anyways. It's probably a great deal. You would buy a lightly used truck and put it to work. Why wouldn't you buy a lightly used commercial grade sprayer? So um, I don't think you can buy the upper level Home Depot machines for that price. So I think that's, uh, I think that's good. James said, we bought two of the North Star bleach misters and changed the tip for better flow. And it works great. I've seen them. Seems like a really good thing. Justin says J rod 25 to 35 bucks. Airless, if doing a decent amount of spraying, save your money and get a great go 390 or 395. And you can get a 395 on Facebook used too. So, I mean, they're out there. Um, Let's see here. 3M hand masker is one of our most used tools. So I never did master the hand masker. Um, I actually am a true hand masker and um, never could use the hand masker. But James is from Proper Painting and those paint guys. I would love it if you guys would do some content about masking and how show how quickly it can be done. Um, because painters tend to make masking and cut-ins look really easy. Stain guys like me who used to build fence or do something different for a living power wash or whatever. Um, we just don't have the skill because no one taught us to do it. Um, so it would be cool to have real professionals like you, James, to do some content and show us how you guys are running that hand masker uh, and how it relates to fencing and decking. That would be, that would be awesome. Uh, where do you guys get the metal signs? You put on fences after you're done. You know, um, I think he's talking about these fence signs. Here's one from my good friend, um, Matt Warner over at Empire Fence. There are several places you can get them. We use May Advertising because we have always used May Advertising. I think they're in Houston, Texas, but they are somewhere in Texas. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Their customer service is very transactional. 
They are not uh, the nicest, sweetest people on the planet. They are not rude or mean, but they are just like uh, you call them. They answer the phone. You say, I need signs. They say, okay, how many? You pay them, and then they send you your signs. It is not a unpleasant experience, but it is not an overly pleasant experience. Um, however, their signs are phenomenal, and they, um, they come in on time. And they're usually the best bang for the buck. And they're sort of the standard in the industry. There's some other companies that make signs, but they're four or five times the cost of everyone of May. And I just don't see, um, I'm not spending 20 or 30 bucks on a sign for a fence. I like to spend a few dollars uh, to put the sign on the fence just because that's what they cost. Um, I own a fence company and I always mask when we stain our fences. I consider it taking a break. You're darn right, Steve. Um, <laughs> Masking is very easy. Very, very easy. Let's see here. And then Bam says, Marco tips are real close to XJet. Marco from Washmart has every tip known to man, and he can uh, take care of you if you need one of those. You can go to washmart.com um, and get tips from Marco. He's got good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justin says masking is so easy. They sell plastic rolls with tape for maskers. That is true. Yes. Full warranty. I assume, I assume that he's talking about the full warranty on the commercial grade sprayers. So that's the thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration is a home Depot stain sprayer has got the home Depot warranty on it, which is I think one year and it's very limited what it covers. When you go to a, professional grade machine from Graco, you now step into the commercial grade uh, warranty, which is three years on the machine. It's a fully rebuildable pump. It is rep. And these guys should sponsor me because I'm always talking about them. So Graco, if you're watching, why don't you hook us up with some machines and we'll start showing them off here. But Graco's are phenomenal machines. They got the three-year warranty. They've got the metal frame, the fully rebuildable pump. You get rep support. So if my machine breaks down, I call my rep and I say, hey, man, your your three-month-old machine um, is acting funny. And um, he will drive and bring me a replacement machine and take my machine back and re repair it and bring it back to me. That's never happened, but I've heard stories of it happening, and they will do that. So, um, And fully rebuildable pump. I know I mentioned that, but a fully rebuildable pump is kind of like having a fully rebuildable motor in an old car. You know, old cars, you can put a new motor in it every 100,000 miles and you got a new car. So um, that's uh, that's an important feature. James says he will do a video of us masking and he does great videos if you haven't seen them. And um, he said, you guys have great customer service. Ashley helped me after hours and got me my stain ASAP. Tell her I said, thank you. Ashley, if you're watching, James says, thank you. But there is a controversy in our office about James. We don't know how to say your last name. Some people say James McAfee. Some people say James McAuliffe. And some people say uh, just James. So if you um, one day will do a video and tell us how in the world to pronounce your last name, it would definitely straighten up some uh, some concern. We straightened up Justin's a couple of weeks ago. He says the first S sounds like a Z. So for everybody else in the world who doesn't know, um, it's Menez is, I think, Menezes. And James says it's McAuliffe. Okay, that's what I thought. And uh, 
So it's good to know. The Stanton Frank, I wish Stanton was watching because nobody knows uh, what his name is. We all thought it was Frank Stanton or Stanton, and it was a made-up name, but that is his real name, Stanton Frank. So if you're watching Stanton, we appreciate you. I think that is everything. You guys got any more questions? If not, I'm going to go spend some family time and uh, enjoy the 4th of July weekend. Before I do, I've got a huge announcement that I forgot about until now. So if you stayed until now, you are in for a treat. You are in for a big treat. And um, let's just go right on into it. So a lot of you guys um, may or may not know, um, we got a new website. We got a new website and we built it in house. It's very much not finished. It is, uh, we built it right here in this office and, um, uh, we have, we have a young, young man who is a developer who works for us now, and he's going to be doing our app. He's going to be fixing the app. So all of you guys who wanted a, um, Android device app and wanted the iPhone app updated, we finally have another developer who's going to be fantastic at that. And also he's building. Uh, a really phenomenal website for us. But right now we just, we started on it about two weeks ago and it's built all by code. So it's real, we're building it robustly and, um, and it's only a landing page and a stain page right now, but very, very, very soon you will have a lot of color choices. You'll have a uh, dealer list. You will have contractor lists. So for all of you guys who are stained contractors, there's going to be a place broken out by state where all of you guys will be listed. And that's going to do a couple of things. It's going to get you some SEO because it's going to be a backlink from a stain website to your website. But it's also, if somebody comes to your market or in your market comes and looks at our stain, they can find you on there as a contractor. So, um, so this is going to be a good thing for everyone involved. And I'm going to share my screen and show you the new website. It is again, not finished but it is the new website and this is just the landing page. And this is step one. You got to take step one before you can take step two. So here we go and share. Whoa, that looks crazy. All right. So now you can see what I see. And here is the website on a full, full wide computer screen. It's a 27 inch monitor. So it may look different here than it does on your cell phone. But we've got this beautiful photo, this beautiful fence. And in fact, I'm going to drag the screen down because the screen is just way too big. And uh, so we'll have a look at it right here. And this is a great photo. This image is probably going to squish a little bit and we'll get the buckets up above the fold here. But great photo there. That is Honeytone uh, or Light Honey, as it used to be called. That was sprayed by Magnolia Stain and Seal down in Memphis, Olive Branch, Mississippi, or Memphis. And uh, got our buckets. We got our regular stain and seal. Then we got our log and timber oil, which is made for log cabins, things like that with citronella oil in it. And we got our cleaning chemicals. This is just a quick digital rendering of what the cleaning labels will look like. Um, it is not at all finished product, but it's a great placeholder photo. Uh, there's Joe Everest. This is just some third party validation um, from someone that may be well known. This is just a few of our distributors. So if you are a distributor or a retailer of our products and you're watching, we just grabbed uh, the first three logos that we had that were in vector form. A vector is a very high uh, quality image 
and we had them from Ace, from Kasurik and Fence Armor. Some of you other guys have great logos, but they're not in vector form, uh, so they did not go on here. But the rest will go on there very soon. Uh, there's a quick contact us form, and that is it. So when you send your customers to our website, at least now they can see, hey, they've got a website, which is a good thing. And then we've got stains, which just talks a quick second about our stains. Shows uh, a quick uh, graphic here about this. Talks about warranty. Shows the product lines, some of the information there, uh, and another contact us form. Now, this is very basic. I know. Um, that's just the way it is. It's a very basic website for now. Um, but we are going to build it very strong. And just so some of you guys can see what we're going to end up with later, we're going to have colors. First tab will be colors because when you send Miss Jones to your stain manufacturer's website, all she cares about is colors. So that will be number one. The second tab will be stain and sealers. And you will be able to see all the different stains that we have, our black fence paint, our log and timber oil, regular expert stain and seal. Uh, the citronella stain additives will be there. All of the cleaning products, restoration chemicals will be here under the wood cleaners or the clean and bright tab. Uh, retailers, there will be a list of retailers with a map. There will be a find a contractor setting. There will be an about section that will have contact information, press releases. So anytime we get a new dealer, get a new contractor, we will do a press release, uh, release a new product. Uh, then there will be our, our story to just talk about our company, who we are and why we do what we do. Um, and then penetrating oils. Why penetrating oils? Why are we so heavy on penetrating oils? Uh, there'll be some sections on that. Then we'll have a photo gallery that will be full of world-class stain jobs that you guys have, have done. Um, so if you do a world-class stain job, remember, we will cover a photo shoot for that world-class stain project. So um, I hope Magnolia doesn't mind me saying they stain this job here. We sent a photographer out and he did a great job photo on the job site and he got the photos and we got the photos. So it was a good deal for everybody. And then under the more section would be a place where you could order samples, brochures, Fandex and door hangers. Um, so that is our vision for the website and it is coming along. We are just a few weeks in and we are this far. So doing that for you guys and hopefully have all of that finished very soon. Let's see here. What do we got left? We've got a few more comments before we finish, and then we will hit the road. There is an Ashley is the bomb comment. There is some need some expert hats at Alabama Fence Restoration. Charlie, you send me a private message on Facebook with where to send them, and I will send you some expert hats. Just so happened to have a couple right here with your name on it. Let me know how many guys you got, and we will get some hats out to you. Same to you, James. If you need some hats, let me know. And uh, we got a Facebook user that gave us a smiley face there. Appreciate that. Justin, um, making all things new, we've been trying to run a 75 to 65% profit, gross profit margin. God has been good to us. Congratulations, Justin. That is a great move. That is a place in business that very few have been. Um, in small business, like, like all of us are. And uh, that's very good. You're taking care of your family. Uh, you're doing good things and you're being blessed, man. Congratulations. James says, got a beautiful deck coming up. Will be great for picks. I'm serious, James. If you've got a phenomenal deck, let's do it. We will do a photo shoot. Typically uh, real estate photographers do well. If you know one, uh, we will, we will hook you up. James, please send me a private message 
uh, and I will make sure you get a hat. And Ugly Roofs, if you need a, a beautiful hat for your Ugly Roof company, we'll we'll set you up. So that's pretty much it, guys. I'm going to ask one favor, and the favor is that you like this on YouTube. You subscribe to us if you're on YouTube. If you are listening to this on Facebook, we ask that you share it everywhere. Uh, we want to be the biggest Stain and Seal podcast, Stain and Seal show on the planet. And uh, so we, the bigger we get, the more good we can do, the more help we can do for people, the more uh, people we can bring into our trade to grow the trade and make it a respected trade in the industry. So please, please um, share this show. And we are also now on Spotify. So uh, we had a party yesterday, a customer appreciation day, and someone informed me that we were not on Spotify with the Stain and Seal Experts podcast. And I fixed that. So now you can find us on Spotify and I'm going to drop a link to Spotify because this show will be on Spotify uh, this probably this afternoon because I'm going to get it up in just a few minutes and all of our old shows are on there as well. You can find us at, I will give you a list. You can find us at, on um, iTunes, Apple podcast app. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Pandora. You can find us on about 10 or 20 other uh, podcast platforms, but I think those are the main ones. And um, you can find this podcast on YouTube and on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn right now, I really would appreciate if you would share this out and uh, uh, share this and, and talk about it. If you are a stain contractor, uh, you do staining of fences, of decks, and you would like for us to help you with your ads. We can do that. Uh, and what I'm talking about is um, we do we've done Facebook ads for years. We kind of were probably one of the original staining companies to do it. And we get a lot of leads through Facebook and through ads that we build. And we have to build different things in our business manager. And we've gotten good at it over the years. And we do the same thing for a few other contractors and select markets. We will only take one contractor per geographic area. We don't want people overlapping one another. We want to keep it fair. But if you want us to do that for you, um, it's fifteen hundred bucks a month is the starting price. Um, and that would that would get you ads are running anywhere from eight dollars to twenty dollars on average for leads. I'm sorry, not ads for leads. And that would be specific for staining. And those would go to a spreadsheet or to your cell phone. I recommend a spreadsheet so you can keep track of it. And um, and that's it. It's a it's a 12 month deal. And obviously, if it's not working, we're not going to hold you to it because we want you to be successful. But we figure if you get one extra job a month, it's going to you're going to break even on it. Two would be a profit. So uh, and I'm pretty confident we can get you way, way more than two extra jobs. Our goal is to be the number one stain and seal and wood restoration marketing company on the planet. We may not be the biggest nowhere near, but we want to be the absolute best at that one thing. And we will do that. So obviously it, there is a cost to advertise. And so that's why we have to charge for this, but your success is our success. So our goal is to make you be the best that you can be so that we can, and we'll be the best we can be. And we'll all be good together if that makes sense. So if you want some information about that, um, I'm only taking 10 people right now. And I think we've got, we, we don't have that many spots left, but if you want to be, uh, with expert ads agency to help grow your stain business. Let us know. We will be glad to help you with that. Uh, check out our stains at expertwoodcare.com. 
If you um, don't have a dealer in your area and you would like one, let us know and we'll work together to make that happen. And if you want to buy stains from our company, from our stain and seal experts online store, you can go to stainandsealexperts.com and click on store. But we appreciate it, guys. If you're a homeowner in Middle Tennessee and you have a fence or deck, you need it stained or sealed, please give us a call and we'll be glad to help you. Uh, and if we can't help you, we know about 25 other people right here in this market who may be closer to you or who may be better, more specialized the project you have. And we can make a referral to you if we can't help you. So that's it, guys. StainandSealExperts.com. I'll see you on the next show next Saturday. Thank you for listening to the Stain and Seal Experts podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and check out Stain and Seal Experts on your favorite social media.